Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden and this is The Leader. Thousands of NHS consultants are striking across England, causing large-scale disruption to patient care. Consultant doctors and hospital dentists walked out for 48 hours until 7am on Saturday. In a pay dispute, thousands of operations, procedures and appointments have been cancelled and are being rescheduled. Well, I never, ever expected to be standing on a picket line. It's not what I want to be doing. I want to be in the hospital looking after patients. But I... We didn't see any other way of trying to get the government to listen to us. That's consultant gynaecologist Tracy Jackson. We've got a recruitment and retention crisis. Junior doctors are leaving to go to the Middle East, Australia, New Zealand. Consultants are leaving. One of my consultant colleagues is leaving. It's about, for me, the future. So if we do this, we're hoping it will lead to a better service. NHS trusts have been planning how to manage without their most senior doctors, with Christmas Day-style cover being imposed meaning consultants will be on emergency on-call patterns throughout Thursday and Friday. More than 24,000 consultants voted in the British Medical Association ballot for industrial action last month, with 86% voting in favour of walking out. It comes just two days after junior doctors staged a five-day walkout, the longest in NHS history. For the latest on the strike's impact and negotiations over pay, the leader podcasts joined by Evening Standard Health reporter Daniel Keane. Dan, what do we know about how patient care is being affected? The impact is going to be very significant, and that's because consultants are the most senior doctors in the NHS. So they're not only people who perform surgery and procedures, they're the people who supervise junior doctors. They make the most crucial, high-level decisions about care in, in a hospital. So as a result, it's pretty much impossible for any other clinical staff to cover for them. And we've seen in the junior doctor strike how they've kind of mitigated the impact because consultants were able to, to step down and cover for them. So we're looking at tens of thousands of operations cancelled and also coming on the back of a five-day junior doctor strike. So a lot of trusts haven't really had room to breathe. So what is this portion of the industrial action by these consultants over? So it's quite similar to the junior doctor's dispute in the sense that they are arguing that their pay has been cut by 35% since 2008. 
and they've cited kind of years of below inflation pay rises as um, insufficient to the pressures that they're under and the care that they deliver. So I think beyond pay, like all of the NHS strike, this is really about working conditions. You have greater pressure than ever before, huge staff shortages and a record demand for treatment. So I think this is at the core of the strikes. You know, all NHS staff are suffering from burnout and don't feel valued and respected. And consultants are no different despite the um, obvious seniority and their standing within the health service. So it has kind of the some similarities to the junior doctors dispute. It's the same union, the British Medical Association, but there's also kind of key differences in how they work. But yes, it got the kind of hallmarks of, of quite a long dispute potentially. And who are the main protagonists on the picket line and also at the negotiating table? On the BMA side, you have Dr. Vishal Sharma, who's the chair of the BMA Consultants Committee. He's obviously leading the negotiations on their side. And then obviously in the opposite corner, you have Health Secretary Steve Barclay and Rishi Sunak. I think it's worth noting, and and Dr. Sharma um, mentioned this today, that it's very unusual for consultants to strike. So he's spoken about sort of being a child during the last proper consultant strike, which was in the 1970s, had one single day of action in 2012. But this is a, you know, picket line is, um, is a new experience for many of these consultants and, and certainly not a decision they're taking lightly. Dan, could you please explain the role of consultants? Sure. So a consultant is the most senior doctor in the NHS and they have overall responsibility for the care of patients in hospital. To get to a consultant level, they have to complete a minimum of six years training in their speciality area, whether that's dermatology or heart disease, to gain a certificate of completion of training. It's what the, the CCT contract is known. And then they get listed on the specialist register for the sort of regulator of doctors. So they are the most senior and, you know, as part of that, they're responsible for leading a team of junior doctors and every patient who's admitted into hospital will always have a named consultant caring for them. Um, So they have a lot of different roles across a lot of different specialities, but in essence, they are the people who will be responsible for your care, whether it's cancer, whether you're admitted to A&E, there's always a consultant in charge. Let's go to the ads. Coming up, does Labour have a plan to break the health strikes? Why not hit follow in the meantime and give us a rating? 
That's eye surgeon Sakaf Ahmed Aftab. I belong to a family of doctors. All my siblings are doctors. We all married doctors. My son chose not to become a doctor. My elder brother's two sons chose not to become a doctor. This is first time in our family, basically. They've all gone to finance banking because they feel that we work too hard for too little reward. Dan, in today's standard, you've broken down some of the figures of consultant salaries. Could you just give us some context on that data, how much they're earning? The question of consultants' pay is complex, unlike a junior doctor. According to the BMA, consultants earn a starting salary of around £88,000 of basic pay. And this rises to sort of 120 k after around 19 years. But it's important to note that they also earn extra money doing private work, and this could be quite lucrative. The Department of Health has slightly different figures, and they say that the extra payments that they receive, so things like clinical excellence awards, cash for being on call, takes the average pay to around £134,000. So it's still, you know, to, to most people, not an insignificant salary and certainly higher than the average earnings in, in the UK population. It depends how much private work they're doing, what is their kind of level of esteem, are they receiving awards, extra payments. And also hospital-based dentists as well? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's something that's gone um, slightly underreported. So dentists who work in a hospital would be performing things like you know, complex oral surgery, orthodontic treatment, oral cancer, things like that. So when you go to, to hospital for dental treatment, you don't have the same charges that would apply if you'd just gone to the dentist. The primary role is specialist advice, treatment for really difficult, tricky dental issues. We spoke about the care being impacted earlier. Can we break that down a little bit more? There's the prospect for, for pretty much every NHS provided specialty to be disrupted. Whether you are waiting for an appointment for severe acne and dermatology, or you're waiting for a hip replacement, because consultants cover a huge ground in terms of what they provide and their, and their specialisms. So we don't have precise data breaking down how many consultants in different specialisms are, are striking. But what we do know is this has a huge impact across hospital care. The only thing that you will be able to receive in the next two days is emergency care. So one of the things the NHS is stressing is that these kind of acute emergency consultants will still be on, on call. So, you know, if you have a heart attack or a stroke, then you will still get treated. But everything else is subject to delays and cancellations. Could you tell us a bit more about this pay offer that's on the table and why the BMA aren't accepting it? The government have offered 6% to both junior doctors and consultants. But given that the BMA's pay demand is 35%, both sides are miles away from a landing zone right now. The BMA's main right with ministers is that they aren't even getting into the room to discuss pay. We haven't had pay talks between these two sides for a few months now. The BMA's aim is what they call full pay restoration FPR. And their senior leaders keep emphasizing this, you know, every time they're on TV or talking to journalists. So from their perspective, given that this kind of lofty ambition, they would look pretty weak if they accepted 6%. And you've got to um, keep in mind on both the junior doctor and consultant disputes, they've got very strong mandates. So there's clearly a huge amount of anger among both junior and senior doctors and, you know, a real belief in this idea of full pay restoration. So I think that would be the reason that they're rejecting this offer. And also, I think, you know, that that kind of differentiates this dispute from some of the other disputes in the public sector, where their unions are seeking a pay rise just to shield staff from the cost of living crisis. This is different. What are the NHS employers saying? I think the NHS has been put in an uh, unenviable position here because managers and trust leaders, you know, tend to come out with the same line 
in response to every strike, which is that they respect the rights of staff to go on strike, but they want both sides to come to a conclusion. Now, some figures in the BMA are, are irked by what they see as a kind of both-sidism from these NHS leaders. And to them, they could really be pushing ministers to open talks. What they say in public, obviously, is to be respectful of both sides. But I think privately, the unions think that actually trust managers and senior NHS figures should be telling Steve Barclay to resolve this as soon as possible and not just letting it drift. What do we know about Labour's position on these strikes? Should they be getting into government next year? Do they have a strategy for solving the gridlock? Labour's position is similar to their position on many of the public sector pay disputes. They refuse to confirm whether they would accept a 35% pay demand. But what they do always stress is that they would get in the room and talk. And um, I think that's the kind of main difference between the two parties as Labour say, OK, we may not give them a 35% pay rise. We accept that that's slightly excessive in the context of a pretty broken economy. But we would at least get in the room and try to find a resolution. There's more on this story in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. We're back on Friday at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.